For countless centuries, the people of the world knew China only through her paintings. Begun 24 centuries ago, the Great Wall once stretched like a, like a dragon across the northern border of China. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 497, and I'm here once again not only to help you have the best possible vacation experience when you come to the parks, but I also want to bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with the podcast, videos, the blog, live broadcasts on Facebook every Wednesday night, my books, audio tours, meets of the month, special events, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. Continuing on our Adventures by Disney journey to China, this week we travel to Shanghai and Shanghai Disneyland. Our three days in this remarkable park included a behind-the-magic special Imagineer tour, more food that I could eat, well, almost, and tours of unique attractions including the Enchanted Storybook Castle, Pirates of the Caribbean, Battle for Sunken Treasure, Peter Pan's Flight, the Tron Light Cycle Power Run, Camp Discovery Challenge Trails, Soarin' Over the Horizon, Buzz Lightyear and his Planet Rescue, the charming voyage to the Crystal Grotto, the amazing many adventures of Winnie the Pooh, I'm serious, the Garden of the Twelve Friends, a visit to the Marvel Universe, and so much more. We'll also recap the entire Adventures by Disney as a whole, and I'll also let you know just what might be coming next and where we can visit together. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and I'll pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package, which includes stuff from China. Then stay tuned to the end of the show. I'll have more information about upcoming events, meets of the month, and your voicemails. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. end of those east-flowing rivers is one of the world's greatest cities, Shanghai. Its European influences are unmistakable, but its vitality, variety, and sophistication are distinctly Chinese. This show is part two of our Adventures by Disney recap, which began last week on show 496, we talked about the first part of our adventure, arriving in Hong Kong, Hong Kong Disneyland, and Beijing. We're going to pick up now, leaving Beijing and heading out to Shanghai. From there, we went to the airport and arrived in Shanghai. And can, can, I also, can I throw something else in there really quickly? Sure. Another plug for ABD? Because this airport experience, having the guides give us that heads up of what to expect. This Beijing airport is unlike any other airport that I've ever experienced in my entire life between 
what to carry, what not to carry, what not to put in your check bags, what to put in your in your carry on, what to take out when you get into security. Having all that heads up, I think, made it so much more seamless for us or easier for us. Yeah. I can't I can't imagine not knowing the things we know we knew what could have happened and being pulled aside and being, you know, everything taken out of your check luggage. It was great to have, again, that knowledge and experience of the guides to give us that heads up so it was as easy as it possibly could. Well, you know what the problem was? They didn't have signs like they did over the Great Wall that said, listen, if you're drunk or insane, you can't go to the... <laughs> remember that on the tram? I just remember. Oh, my gosh, yes. All Those the things you the couldn't do. There were right. more things you couldn't do than you actually could, according right. to signs. <laughs> no drunks or insane people, so... And they said they could refuse boarding if the destination was full. I'm like, how many at capacity? I'm like, what is the capacity of the Great Wall of China? Like, I'm not sure what that would be. It's a big number. <laughs> Pretty much. But we arrived um, at the Shanghai Disneyland Hotel that evening. And again, I, I don't, I'm in no way comparison. But when you walked into that lobby, how many of us just sort of looked up and you talk about a beautiful hotel lobby with those stained glass dome ceilings decorated for the holidays. And again, every single cast member greeting you with a sincere, wide smile on their face. Yeah, we love at the domestic parks, like when there's a, you know, a greeter that's at uh, maybe one of the deluxe resorts in and they welcome you and they their their sole purpose is truly just to welcome you with a smile and they had like seven of them in the lobby at all times just just people there to greet you and it was amazing incredibly helpful too um i had run into a, a small issue with uh, just internet and i was having a, a tough time getting on and she she took my phone she logged me on to the uh, internal um cast member wi-fi because i just needed to do something that evening Without even, you know, giving it a second thought just because she saw that I was I was having a difficult time. So the level of service was incredibly high. It was only eclipsed by how beautiful the buffet was the next morning. (laughs) (laughs) Hong Kong was so three days ago. The buffet at that Shanghai Disneyland Hotel was it was it was huge. And the dumplings. And Lori, Lori, you um, and I'm going to point to you specifically because. I know Meg and BJ also adventurous eaters and, and you have your own rice cooker at home. But Laura, you really took things to a whole nother level when you approached the buffet here because some of the food items were a little bit more mysterious than others. Yes. So I went to uh, on this trip with um, three rules. No fairies. Wasn't going to ride a fairy. I did that. No thousand year old eggs. And I tried one. And no bugs, and I ate a grub. So all the rules totally went out the window for me. Um, it was wonderful and delicious. And again, I'm I'm still missing having my noodle and dumpling buffet when I go downstairs in the morning. But um, we we had breakfast and then went over to um, Shanghai Disneyland in the morning. And even getting there is sort of half the fun because you walk out of the Shanghai Disneyland Hotel and there's a huge lake, I don't even want to know, a huge body of water and you take a boat over to the park in order to get there. I, I would love to hear your initial thoughts and impressions as you got to the park, but the first thing um, that that was remarkable to me was just how clean this part, Hong Kong was very clean. Shanghai, it looks like they opened it the day before because yeah. it was 
absolutely spotless. So uh, Megan, BJ, Becky, Lori, Gang, and uh, Jennifer, give me your, your thoughts about Shanghai Disneyland. So we opted to walk to the entrance versus taking the the boat. And uh, there's a humongous park called Wishing Star Park that's between the hotels and uh, Shanghai Disneyland. And it's free for, for anybody who wants to go. And um, they have little play equipment for youngsters and these beautiful bridges and biking paths and it was a very neat way to be able to approach that park because you could see it the whole time around the lake. Um, but it was this nice leisurely walk. Yeah, it was um, super clean. Uh, and it, I just commented to Meg as we were sort of walking up to uh, the, the park and as we were getting closer. And I had mentioned, I said, gosh, it just it looks so shiny and it just looks like so new. And she said, well, you know, it's only been open for, you know, a little over a year. Of course it looks this way. And it really does look absolutely brand new, pristine uh, condition. And so you really are coming into uh, a, a park that is just absolutely brand new. Yeah. <laughs> I, was just, I was just kind of reminiscing because I really did enjoy this park for the exception of the rain, rain, rain came down, down, yeah. down all of the time. Yeah. Um, so I didn't take the walk um, that I kind of wish I would have now, but I, I'd heard that it took a while to get back and forth. I, I took the boat several times. And, of course, we had a couple of fantastic bus rides as well to try to avoid the, the thunder and lightning mm -hmm. storms. But um, – that one thing that you're saying, it, you know, never believe everything on the Internet, believe it or not. Um, but all the rumors that you'd heard about the, the park not being clean, you walked in there and you really did feel like you could eat off the the garbage can and be fine as opposed to eating <laughs> off the garbage can and wondering about things. But it really was where they'd taken technology to a, to a whole new level and – um, it, it was spotless. And the moment you see that castle, talk about a castle. That thing yeah. is very imposing over the rest of the land. And you know that you're in for a treat and something special. But I, I know that, you know, the moment that you kind of look from the lobby windows and, and the hotel itself, the lobby, I don't know about you guys, but it really reminded me of Disney Cruise Line. There yeah, was so that's the, yes. that's the first thing I said, too. Yeah. So many things about it with the the characters and the statue and how the the pillars are and the top of the pillars. It just looked a lot oh, like geez, being, yeah, yeah, the ceiling. Being a, it the really deck. did. So I, I think they took some of those better design elements and brought it into into that hotel. But to look through those windows and to look across and see that huge imposing castle, and then of course most of you guys were like, "Oh my God, there's Tron!" I'm looking at the castle. Yeah. <laughs> Tron, but there's the castle. Um, I, I, it was one of those experiences and one of those places that I'm going to go back to. I, I know it. Oh, you're going back. We'll get to that at the end. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> one thing that I, I remembered was the night before we got there, we were running a little bit late and Adventures by Disney thought ahead, our guides, and had room service all sent to our rooms. Um, which to me was amazing because we were pretty tired to start eating dinner like at nine o'clock in a restaurant. So as an older person, I truly appreciated having dinner <laughs> sent up to my room and me I too. could relax. That was very, that was a nice touch on their yeah, part. It was. 
Yeah. We took the boat over, I think, that morning. No, yes. We walked. You guys you walked. walked. We, we took, took the, the boat. boat. Um, and uh, it was beautiful. They were very helpful. The signs were in English and um, I think we're, were we in Mandarin at that point? Cantonese? Mandarin, but, yeah. Yeah, Mandarin. That's what I thought. We could, they were also in English and they had pictures, which were very easy to understand. So getting in and out of the park, that was pretty simple. Um, but walking down that main street, that was beautiful. That yeah. castle, amazing. Amazing. And, and security, just the way they organized it, had you walking through all of those back and forth things just to keep everything nice and even. You, you didn't have people rushing up there or big groups or anything like that. I, I just think that here in, 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 on the mainland, we need to start looking at stuff like that just to keep it organized a little bit better. Yeah, that's one thing that's like a misnomer um, in the cultural difference with within China. They don't lines are suggestion um, <laughs> from what I from what I experienced. I, I'm not sure how many uh, times you guys may have ran into that scenario, but having those cues set up they were the way they were, I think that, that is to kind of help the Chinese culture um, better mix in with other foreigners that might come in because it does keep everybody in line. So yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I just say, as far as my first reactions, I was kind of going to touch on the same things that stood out to us. Um, when we first got to the hotel, it was late, but the um, the fireworks and projection show was either just starting or had just started. And we went out on the balcony and were able to watch. And I, I thought, you know, we'd seen this castle in, um, you know, concept art at D23 Expo. And then we watched it being built. And, um, and there it was right across the way in such a way. I mean, similar to like you can see the castle in the Magic Kingdom from the Polynesian, but it was closer and like they had to have lined it up perfectly on purpose because from the center of the lobby, you were centered on the castle and it was just this breathtaking view mm -hmm. of the whole park. It was amazing. We also walked and that Wishing Star Park was a little um, it caught us off guard. It was kind of interesting at first. We're like, this is a bunch of unused space on one hand, um, which we wondered if that was, you know, a plan for the future. But when we talked to the Imagineer, we noticed the same thing inside the park. There's so much space and so much green space and so many places to just sit. We'd walk up to somewhere and say, oh, what's here? And walk around and there's nothing and just a bench. And But then they talked about how, you know, if you're coming from these big cities in China and that's what you've done your whole life. You don't want to go somewhere that's busy and overwhelming and overstimulating. And you want to have a space where you can relax. And uh, I think he said, you know, make memories with your kids and more intimate, uh, you know, place to hang out with your family. And so I think that started outside the park with the Wishing Star Park. And it was really unique. And one of those things that I couldn't quite figure out until we heard a bit more. Yeah, there was a lot of... Um picnic type areas throughout yeah. the inside and outside the park mm -hmm. which is one of the things that was um interesting and different and and remarkable um for me th th this morning we had a um uh, we had we had vip tour guides set up for this day but we weren't meeting until about 11 o'clock so uh, as as comfortable as my room and my robe were i, I needed to get into <laughs> the park early and again, not having seen any photos, any videos, um, I was taken aback when I first saw it because 
it's very different. This is not your dad's Disneyland or Walt Disney World by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, not only is the castle incredibly different and grand and spectacular, and we'll, we'll get to it as a whole, but the park itself, there's only two lands. If you think about it, there's only two lands that resemble or mimic any of the domestic parks. There's a Tomorrowland, which mm-hmm. is very, very different than our Tomorrowland. There's a Fantasyland, which is also different, but there is no Main Street USA. There's Mickey right. Avenue, the Gardens of Imagination um, in the mm-hmm. center of the park before the castle. Two is a place that has um, its own number of attractions there. Fantasyland is similar but different, and there is no Treasure Cove. There is no Adventure Isle in any of the other parks. So I just spent the first Mm -hmm. part of my morning just wandering around trying to get a lay of the land. When you go from Walt Disney World to Disneyland or vice versa, you can do it and say, well, it's kind of familiar. Some things aren't where they're supposed to be. Here, nothing is where it's supposed to be. Right. Because there is no real... Um, hub and spoke to a certain degree. You know, the, the Gardens of Imagination is in the center, but there, it doesn't act necessarily like a hub and spoke. So I found myself, and, I, and you guys told me too, there was a lot of different sort of wandering pathways um, mm-hmm, in yeah. this park. I went in without a map. I wanted to just see where yep. my stomach or my feet took me. Um, God, the food was so good. Um, and I loved being able to wander and discover all that was so different about this park. Um, did you guys have a similar type of feeling or experience when you first went in? Absolutely. Yeah. What was it? Um, because there's a lot to it. Look, we can do an we can do an entire show just about this park and the individual attractions and lands. But either first impressions or looking back. What was it for you that really stood out? Um, uh, Oliveri, Clan, Jen, Megan, BJ, and then Becky. What are one or some of the things that really stood out to you? We, I know what the big elephant in the room attraction-wise is, mm-hmm. but, but just from the park itself and the layout and the, the lands. Well, it's just so much, so different from um, any other park you were ever in, the the Mickey Avenue was so wide and the buildings, the, the colors and the architecture just look so much different than uh, your typical Disney park. I, I felt that uh, Tomorrowland, having Tron there, Tomorrowland was really Tomorrowland, something to the future. They yeah, made- I think... Go ahead, sorry. They made good use of the the land, the space. Like Tron was above. Uh, they had a ride down below. Buzz was right. Buzz was down below. There was a restaurant up on top. They made better. I think they made better use of the space that was there, and it had a. To me, it had a better flow throughout the park. It was very easy to get around, yes. to find things. Things were taller, so you could see them from different distances. They still had the weenies, though, but they were easier, I think, to find and to get to. Yeah, it was just an easy park to get around. Jen? Yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, 
I think I might have mentioned this to at least some of you, but when we first heard about Mickey Avenue, I was kind of taken aback. I'm like, you can't have a Disney park without Main Street USA. It just didn't seem right. Um, and th- yet when I got there, it was so amazing to see the the Easter eggs and the details and the backstory. And this was even before our Imagineer tour. And um, it's such a, a unique, it, just, it felt really unique, but also um I was just super impressed with the amount of time they spent designing that space. And then it all came together when the Imagineers talked about the backstory. And, um, you know, Kyle said that, uh, my husband, that that it's kind of like instead of Walt's Main Street, it's Mickey's Main Street. And, and so, you know, the Imagineer told us the story of Minnie and her grandfather. And we saw pictures on the wall of the old house she used to live in that's now a shop and how it expanded. And it's truly the story of Main Street USA, but but with Mickey and his friends. So it was really, really neat. Um, and And I think that it was super interesting. They mentioned that people weren't as familiar with, obviously, they weren't going to be familiar with turn of the century United States culture. So that should have given me a clue that maybe there wouldn't be a main street. But um, also they, he said they weren't really familiar with the characters as much as we are. And, and yet they had such intentionality around the details in the stores and everywhere else. I just, I thought that was really, really, I ended up spending hours on Mickey Avenue. Is really cool? Yeah, we agree with all of that. Um, you know, just walking in and then, you know, I was prepared to, to not really um, get behind not having a main street. I mean, how could you not have a main street? But it works perfectly for this park. And the park itself, I mean, one of the uh, big takeaways for me was just how grand in scale it was. But then once you got into the park and really dug down, there were so many small details that you could find and discover. Um, not just hidden Mickey's, but just, you know, real um, details in the craftsmanship uh, and details of how they they built the park and the stories within the stories. I mean, you go down one of the um, the uh, parks that they have there, one of the sort of side parks, and it has all of the different um, uh, calendar um, uh, what the, are they? The called? Zodiac. The Zodiacs. It has all the different Zodiacs, but with the Disney characters. Yeah. And so there were these these small details that you could really um, take some time just to stroll through this park without even going on a single ride and really appreciate all the details, which was just an amazing experience. Yeah, I echo that. I think that the Chinese elements of it were my favorite. So the, the, the things around the Zodiac, there was so much feng shui there uh, around like lots of water elements, lots of rock elements, lots of nature elements and places to just spread out. Um, uh, and I really liked that. It was, it was make, mo- make no mistake. This is a Chinese park, you know, and I, I like it that they really embraced that. Yeah. I completely agree with everything everyone has just said, especially the fact that this, this park was definitely designed to handle a great amount of people. Mm-hmm. The um, the walkways are wide. You don't feel like you're going to be crammed with anybody. When the show goes on, the fireworks and the projection on the castle, there's plenty of space to, to see it and view it. Um, I remember looking and seeing just the sea of people, but it didn't seem like everyone was packed in or crowded in. As we were walking between lands, there was plenty of room to move around. Um, it, it it really it has been designed in such a way to move people easily, 
and move a high amount of people easily through. And I kind of appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even even on uh, Mickey Avenue, there are no curves where you're stepping up and, and trying to fight that. Everything was just on a level. Oh, yeah. Every single land has no less than four dining establishments in it. I want to just be clear. I'm not kidding. <laughs> um, so, it's, so it's your second favorite it's then. It's kind of like heaven on earth for me. Um, l- listen, we, I, I don't even know where to start when it comes to Shanghai. Um, from a an architectural storytelling, details abound in this park. Um, I spent so much time just trying to like take pictures of everything. Jennifer, you mentioned it on Mickey Avenue and in the restaurants. Everywhere you go, there's a story that's being told, even if it's one that's not necessarily familiar to uh, the, the the local culture. For us as Disney fans, I was just like geeking out, like yeah. you know, to to no end, in terms of all the little details that I found throughout this park. Um, Let's sort of quickly go maybe to some of the attractions themselves and then we can sort of finish up with an overall look at the park. Um, For me, and I think we all did it this way, hopefully maybe for the most part, like going to Hong Kong first, I'm happy that I did Tron before I did Pirates. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a huge Tron fan. I have two shelves of Tron stuff from the 80s, like on my desk, on my shelves behind me, I had heard about Tron. I never saw a video of Tron. When you straddle that light cycle, like all of a sudden, like 14-year-old Lou Mangello just lost his little brains. It's exactly what I dreamed about when I saw, you know, Bruce Boxleitner and and, and Cindy Morgan and Tron for the first time. Um, it's this, first of all, this attraction is going to kill in Walt Disney. Like, line up now. Just start getting in line now. (laughs) Um, But the Tron Light Cycle Power Run, because again, in China, you can't just give it one word. Um, The Tron Light Cycle Power Run is unlike any other coaster. And man, that thing cooks. Like, that is no joke. That is a fast roller coaster, which they told me they actually slowed down. It used to be faster. Oh, wow. Wow. I can't imagine. What were your what were your thoughts riding Tron? Was anybody else like as giddy and laughing and just hysterically enjoying himself as much as I was? Oh yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. The speed. Just even the turns and how well it handled. It was just like it was like you were on a motorcycle going. Mm. It was really fun. And and had a a, a huge, cool post-show area, too. A lot of interactive exhibits as well. Um, Anybody else thoughts on Tron? What was kind of cool. It was really short. But what was really kind of cool was that I'd heard about it before, and somebody had said, yep, there's no way that they strap you in. You don't have things over your shoulders. I'm thinking, how do you stay on this thing? (laughs) (laughs) And then when you first straddle the the light cycle and you get in and and they kind of clamp you in in a strange way, it was cool. It it really was. You were on a light cycle in Tron. It's kind of like Flight of Passage. Seems a similar type of Flight of Passage, yeah. Yeah. 
but it was it was so cool the way that you know you imagine what it's going to be like and then you get on it and it goes so fast i'm i'm really glad and ask for the front row if you can speak in oh, yes. that Videos language because not do that justice Oh, you have to ride in the front row at least one time because that was amazing. Not knowing where you're going next and you just are barreling along. It was exciting and exhilarating, but I'm really happy that I got to ride that first before Pirates. Yeah. And it's really a fun ride to observe, too, because you can just go to the Tron area. And the way that the ride is structured is it, it you know, is both interior and then exterior. So when it's exterior as a um, a guest, you can really just kind of hang out in the Tron area. And we did that for quite a bit where we just watched the Tron ride go each time and and just, you know, watching it was, was fun. And then being on it was just amazing. And one of the things that struck me about the ride itself was actually the the music and the sounds that they incorporated into the ride. Wow, did it ever make you feel like you were in this Tron world? And it was truly an immersive experience being on that life cycle and then having the Tron sounds and the soundtrack uh, go with it, which was just amazing. You know, the one thing also to remark about Tron, and I think the park as a whole, is the Tron attraction and Tomorrowland, and I think, Shanghai Disneyland as a whole this attraction was meant to be experienced twice you need to ride it once during the day and need to ride Mm. it again at night because this park was built to there there was a, a definite intention in terms of what this park is going to look like at night and Tomorrowland is spectacular in the evening, the canopy of Tron with the blues and the greens and the purples and the reds and then watching the coasters speed by, like uh, so many of you commented on, th- on this is what tomorrow, it is beautiful. And I think the entire park is beautiful at night. And I think Tomorrowland is, is certainly one of the, the best examples of that, whether you're just mm-hmm. wandering the park or experiencing some of the attractions at, at night as well. Yeah, and the, the Tomorrowland of Shanghai is so futuristic. I, I was unprepared for that. I, I expected it to be the Tomorrowland that I know and love from the domestic parks. And it, there was so much uh, steel and uh, futuristic shapes and the, the Tron canopy being one of those where it's, everything's a hexagon. Uh, and it was, it was absolutely gorgeous, both in day and night. We were saying as we first walked through that you know, this concept works. It's not trying to be a vision of the future. And I had noticed when we were walking, there's no straight lines, right? Everything is yeah. is neon and silver and it's very fluid and it's very, um, there's, a, uh, the, the, there's a kinetic element to Tron, the other attraction that is um, close to it. Um, I forget what it's called, sort of that, that um, the, the jetpack attraction yeah. which is sort of a, oh, right. a hub and spoke type of attraction the the kinetic elements that meld so well with the organic elements and the plantings and the trees just works so so very well i loved 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 tomorrowland and you're right i did notice throughout that land or throughout the entire park it is really meant for nighttime or it is it has an element of its uh, another life basically at night where the lighting really draws your eye to specific points within the park 
um, it's really well done at night. And like you said, you have to ride that at, at night to really get a, a good feeling for what they're trying to put in front of you. It's a beautiful palette. Um, before we get to the gigantic elephant pirate in the room, what <laughs> other, <laughs> yeah. Um, what other, uh, attractions or lands or experiences to you were uh, of note or ones that you really enjoyed? And you can all just sort of go in any sort of order, knock yourself out. <coughs> the shows, Tarzan. The show- and yeah. The yeah, the yes. shows. They, even though I didn't have a clue what they were saying, <laughs> right. especially in the pirates thing, the only four words I understood were Jack Sparrow and Yo Ho. <laughs> Literally, yes, I think you're right. Four. <laughs> the four words, and I just and I just enjoyed the whole thing. Their acting was really, it made it humorous, and it and it made it, it just it was right on. Even though I have no clue what they were saying, and then Tarzan, it was just. The, I mean, I thought I was watching Cirque du Soleil for part of it, yeah. but they were really good. There was, there were, I liked the shows too. I really enjoyed the inside of the castle. Yeah, um, stunning. Yeah, when we were standing there, and, and Lou, you did that that brilliant three sixty picture of all of us standing in there, but the um, the chandelier that was in in the center. And it looked like it was all lit up with candlelight, but it really wasn't candlelight. And and then doing the walkthrough that, that took you through the um, the Snow White story, which I thought was very charming and uh, very well done technology-wise. Yeah, I was going to say, just to, to, to add on to that, the, the use of projection in there is yeah. very different than anything else. I mean, Snow White, there was a, um, uh, a depth to her that you don't normally see in, uh, I mean, in other projections or maybe I was just really hungry when I saw it. No, I thought she was an animatronic at first. Yeah. And it was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. It was neat. Um, I also like the, so one of the things that stuck out was the lack of certain attractions. There was no Jungle Cruise. There was no Small World. That was very bizarre to me also. But instead of the Jungle Cruise, there's a charming little boat ride, the Voyage to the Crystal Grotto. We rode that probably two or three times and it, it was just really fun. It went through like little vignettes of, you know, familiar songs from movies we love and they're, you know, little dancing fountains and spinning, you know, spinning like animatronic characters. And it was just really, it was really fun. It had a very similar feel when you first got on the boat to Jungle Cruise and then it was completely different. But um, it also tied the story again, the crystal at the end of the ride, you went through this grotto and found a crystal, which hence the name. And, um, that same crystal they said powered all the magic and you could see inside the castle hanging from the chandelier, like part of that same crystal. And they didn't have to do any of those stories and they did anyway, which is what made just every turn of that park. So, so wonderful. And to add on to that, no train. I know. Weird. That was the weird thing to me is that you look up and you see what looks like a train station, but they don't have the traditional train, which something missing. But I really didn't miss it, I guess. Same, you same, forgot about it once you write it. <laughs> yeah. They One of the most... Ride, but no small world. Yeah. Right. It was just weird. Something An identical when you go to like ride. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the more unique attractions that we actually went on four times was Camp Discovery yeah. in Adventure Isle which that really doesn't describe anything about what this is. <laughs> um, but it was a ropes course where you get harnessed in 
uh, and there's a there's a track above, and you do these kind of feel like you're a, a stunt man uh, doing different obstacles. Um, and it was so fun and probably so dangerous. Um, it was something that would never happen in the, in the U S parks. And I, I really ended up loving it. Yeah. It was so, uh, unique in terms of the experience and how you are, you know, making the ride your own too, because you can choose, you can sort of choose your own adventure. You can go, the hard route or you can go sort of the medium route or there's also sort of a a lighter route that you can choose and and so you're just with your harness you get to sort of choose and there's no cast members up there that are <laughs> helping you you're really on your own yeah. you and your and the guests and you're all kind of working through this uh rather difficult course um and you know, people, some people are flying through it and, you know, others, you know, you're kind of struggling. We were of the struggling variety at yes. times because, I mean, you're literally 30 feet above a, a, a crevice that, you know, if you look down, you're just looking down at, you know, a pool of a, water, a pool of water. I mean, it's, it is the real thing. And the only thing that's keeping you there is this harness that they have um, attached to you. And, and you, you hope that they've put on tight. Yeah. <laughs> so it was amazing. It was great. We did it a bunch of times. And I, I yeah, I loved it. I um I got to do it with you guys. Um, yeah. On the last night after we ate, of course. Um, the, and it just stopped <laughs> raining and they just opened it up. So there was no line. And to make and let's be clear, like when we say that it's dangerous, like. It's dangerous. Like there was, there's a cast member at the beginning, you know, that harness you up. And then like, there's one at the end and that's it. And you just sort of go on this overhead track system. And there is this, I mean, obviously it's very safe, but there is this sense of danger. And oh, by the way, it also happened to be slippery. So as you're <laughs> navigating these incredibly narrow and widely spaced apart you know, um, ropes, courses, and beams, and things like that. There is a, a thrill element to it, and I and you guys are right. This will never, ever, like, no attorney is going <laughs> to let this be in the states ever. <laughs> but we had so much fun doing that. Um, what did we two, two or three times? I don't even know how many times. We did it. Yeah, we did it. We did the attraction twice, two times in a row. Yeah, we just went right on and then right off, and we did a different you know, route. I think there's a third route that we, that we didn't do, but yeah, we just, we just kept going and, you know, they have a, a locker system cause you can't, you can't go on there with, with anything. They don't even allow uh cell phones. So, you know, they have a great locker system where you, you know, lock up all, all of your stuff and then it's just you and the course and, and <laughs> it is just, uh, just a hoot. It is a lot of fun. You're literally like hanging above people who are walking below you. Like it's no joke, <laughs> man. It's it's you know, yeah. um, but it's so. And this is one of the things that I love about this attraction and this park is there are so many attractions that are unique to this park. Um, there are other parks that we've been to that we you know. Um, I sort of feel almost like a you know a best of of Disney World and Disneyland, but this is this for me felt like the most unique park from Mickey Avenue to the Gardens of Imagination. Their Tomorrowland, other than Buzz Lightyear, is completely unique. Their Fantasyland has 
I believe it's 10 different attractions in it. And yes, while Peter Pan's flight is similar and, and some of the things are similar, there's a lot of things that are completely unique to this park. Um, you know, Adventure Isle is not a copycat of Adventure Land. Uh, I didn't get a chance to ride Roaring Rapids, which from what I understand is um, a little bit more intense and exciting version <laughs> of um, uh, Cali River Rapids. But there's also, we rode Soren, which is very, very popular there. Um, and, and maybe as a segue, Soren here is, and somebody explained this to me, is more popular then I'm going to say it, the most spectacular, the greatest, most breathtaking, setting the bar incredibly high, more so than Mystic Manor, Pirates of the Caribbean, again, because it can't just be pirates, Battle for the Sunken Treasure <laughs> is, I don't care what you've seen online, I don't care what attraction you think is the best, flip. But my brain, I, I'm speechless. Breathe. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but I had no idea what to expect other than people saying, oh, just wait till you get to Shanghai and ride pirates. It is on a scale and a scope and a technological and a storytelling level and experiential type of attraction. There is nothing else that rivals it. At all. Pirates of the Caribbean, Battle for the Sunken Treasure, this trackless boat spinning 10 times, <laughs> ruins it for everything else. Yes, it does. Well, it, especially all the other pirates, right? Especially, exactly. You're like, pirate, like yeah. now it's like pirates is lame. Can uh, somebody else please tell me that you felt the same way? It was a yeah, good one. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we I, I was lucky enough. Time. Way back when I was lucky enough to write it in what they call the dish at Imagineering, where it was just like all kind of outlines and they, they put us in chairs on the floor and we walked, we went through it. So that was, I did have a little heads up of what was coming, but still when you're immersed in that, you're getting in the boat and you start going and all of a sudden you're, you're underwater and then you're spinning and then you're in the middle of something else. And it was the most amazing thrilling attraction at any disney park ever any theme park ever i still am breathless over thinking about riding it and wanting to go again it's amazing yeah it's use of animatronics and screen technology and ride vehicle technology track technology just every element just seems to come together to produce just an amazing experience and it was so fun to just do it with everyone and sort of experience it all at once and I know we were in the same ride vehicle as you Lou and and you know there was a moment where there's this big reveal of this big element to the ride and I just remember you saying oh come on <laughs> amazing uh, yeah I think I go ahead well, I, I was just going to say, I don't, I'm not usually a, a super emotional person, but when we first got off that, that attraction, I leaned over to BJ and I said, what just happened? And like my eyes started tearing up a little bit because it really is just the, 
Di- like you can tell the Disney Imagineers have taken the best of all the technology of everything that they've learned and they funneled it all into this one attraction. And that's what made it so stunning because there was just elements of your, all of the favorite things that you have, parts of every attraction you've ever been on is in this attraction. Yeah. <laughs> but so much that you've never seen before. You know, and, and yeah. I want to be clear because sometimes people hear screen technology, they're like, oh, another screen... Right. This no. is nothing that the, one of the rooms, I think they said the screens were three or four times the size of the screens in Soren. One, yeah, for, one of the rooms. Yeah. yeah, you forget that you're looking at a screen because you are, I don't want to even use the word, you're enveloped in this environment. And you're right. You're like, what is that? like? You're looking at 360 degrees, and I did a 360 video, which I'll post up, but you're looking around <laughs> you because there's so much going on, you feel like you're sinking. You feel like your ship is coming up and bouncing as it, yeah. as it uh, you know, breaches the water. It's just, it's a multi-sensor flames. I got nothing. I can't. <laughs> 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 I don't think it was ruined for the people. I think, Laura, you might have been one that watched it. Um, were you the one that watched it like over and over and over again, I think? Yeah, I don't, know that, it, I don't know that it was ruined by watching it ahead of time. But yeah. if you haven't, I just don't I, – I can't suggest that you should watch it on YouTube. I think that it's it's just go. such an amazing experience to do without knowing what's coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I watched assume. it probably, I don't know, 100 times. Yeah. <laughs> So I was super excited to go on it, and it, and it just blew my mind. That's but awesome. watching it, so for having watched it beforehand, it doesn't even come close to conveying what that experience is like, is it? Not at all. Not at all. Especially when you're going up and then down and then up again, and the ship comes. And I was, even though I knew the ship was coming, I still wasn't ready for the size and the mass of that ship. And yet the line for Soren is 90 minutes and oh Pirates is a walk-on. I don't walk understand. On. I don't get it. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking around. I'm like, what are you people doing? <laughs> Christian said that the, they haven't, the, the Chinese people haven't learned to, that rides are in buildings. Oh, yeah. So, but Soren is, though. <laughs> until they yeah, get more used to that idea, then that's, the, the parks are working on that, I guess. There, there's definitely, and, and the Imagineer talked about, there are some cultural different differences that yeah. certain things just don't translate the same way. But that right. being said, I think Pirates of the Caribbean begins not when you step foot into the building, but Treasure Cove itself, even in the rain, yeah. I don't even care, and the driving, yes. disgusting, <laughs> is beautiful, that entire lagoon and i wish i could have done the canoes and the shipwreck and and uh, the did i mention the restaurants um <laughs> is, is a beautiful like adventure isle which is very different than adventure land they're beautiful lands just to walk through and i think that one is one of the the takeaways for me that every one of the lands here has such a different personality and one of the things I enjoyed most about this park was not necessarily the attractions therein, but just wandering it and and exploring yeah. this park without a map in front of me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back on pirates. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I will look, I hope and understand what I mean by this. 
I hope that they don't duplicate that Pirates anywhere else. But I think if that's any indicator mm-hmm. of what the technology we're going to see in Star Wars Galaxy's yes. Edge, yes. you better strap in, Big Daddy, because you ain't seen nothing yet. No doubt. That's exciting. Just the possibilities. Yeah. After seeing what they did with that type of technology in, in that existing story, imagine the possibilities. That's yeah. what's so exciting. And that's why it's so exciting to be a Disney fan right now. Yeah. And to yeah. that point, there was a lot of Marvel in this um, in this park as well. They had the Comic Academy I met Spider-Man, which was really funny. I didn't know what I was getting into. There was just a building that had Marvel stuff in it. And I'm like, of course, I've got to go because I'm like a kid in a candy store. And they had meet and greet experiences and interactive experience. And I just see a giant marquee for Spider-Man. And I just get in line because that's what I do because I love Spider-Man. And I walk in and it's a Spider-Man meet and greet. And I'm like, oh, I'm excited. I'm wet and I don't even care. And I'm by myself. And I walk up to Spider-Man and he's like, hey, man, what's up? And I'm like, oh, my God. So I was just happy to meet Spider-Man. And I think, again, some of the Marvel that we see there is indicative of what I think we're going to see um, in the domestic parks. And I don't just mean in, in Disneyland. I think he's I think Marvel's eventually coming to world as well. But there were um, uh, a lot of attractions here that were unique. I think a lot of us saw again, we were surprised in terms of what was popular and what was not. Uh, obviously, when a character comes out. That, for a lot of people, is an attraction. I think some of the longest lines that we saw were for some of the character meet-and-greet experiences throughout the parks, too. Did you see Duffy meet-and-greet? Yeah. Duffy, no, I didn't, hear, I, didn't see, I didn't see anything about Duffy in any of the parks overseas. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, wow, right? Uh, really? No kidding. No kidding. Really? Duffy and... I have and pictures sh- of them in their Halloween costumes. So, so cute. Yeah. They, um... They, Duffy and Stella Lou and Shelly May and Gelatoni, they're bigger than the, they're, I mean, I think they're the, the most popular Disney characters. Oh, for sure. Uh, not <laughs> even, I mean, not even close. Not even close. Um, you know, I have both of those in my hotel room right now, right? A Gelatoni <laughs> from Milani. Uh-huh. From Hong Kong. <laughs> I have to say, though, if somebody's listening that does love those characters, and this reminded me of it, uh, something that's completely random, we saw a lot of merchandise in Hong Kong um, for Duffy and his friends and just other things, character chopsticks and um, just all kinds of different things that we assumed we could get in Shanghai and the merchandise is completely different in Shanghai. Um, There's a lot of Zootopia, like a ton of Zootopia in Shanghai, which I thought was interesting. Um, So even, even like what appealed to the guests seemed to be completely different from one park to the other. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm sorry, go ahead. I just said it's a really good point that the merchandise was fun to see really unique uh, we had to get a second suitcase to bring everything home. I was like, don't uh, expect to get something in Shanghai that you, yeah, it's, that you it's didn't unique. get in Hong Kong. <laughs> and there's a lot of it. There's a yeah. lot of merchandise. Um, the only like food and merchandise locations are prevalent in in the overseas parks, um, without a doubt. And I think we all have again the extra piece of luggage to uh, to prove that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to just and again I I know because we're going so long, we did have an additional day 
where you had an option to go into either Shanghai Disneyland or Shanghai City um, on your own. Um, unfortunately, I know the weather was just was bad that day and it was wet. Um, I stayed in the hotel and worked and heard the Fantasia soundtrack in the cafe about 17 times in a row <laughs> while I was there. Um, we did have an Imagineer tour on our final day. It was really interesting to see, again, how this park was very much distinctly Chinese and mm -hmm. many of the elements that were uh, brought into it. But I do want to kind of wrap up just a little bit. First by, um, let's just sort of get an overall impression of the Shanghai park itself. Um, give me your thoughts in terms of the the attractions, the food, hotel, whatever was most remarkable to you. Um, again, maybe we'll go Lori, Jen, uh, Megan, BJ, and then Becky. For me personally, I was so impressed with the cast members from the hotel greeting us and those cute little outfits, the guys outside, to mm -hmm. how happy they generally seemed that we were there in the hotel. They were so helpful following us into the park when it was raining. You know, they always had places for us to put our umbrellas, albeit in a ride. Um, <laughs> or just, they were so happy all the time, and the rides were amazing. So we're definitely going back. Not on this trip, but we're going back. <laughs> Are you sure? You might just yeah. fly back over there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we kind of touched, oh, I'm sorry, you have more people there. I forgot, keep going. <laughs> I, I, I just found that, um, as we've been mentioning, the, the park was just fantastic, and, and the technology has stepped it up. That here uh, domestically, I think they need to do some work to step it up to that. That has now set the new bar. Yes, the bar was definitely raised. Barbara, it was my favorite park of all the parks we saw. So I, I definitely want to go back when it's not so rainy. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yes, <laughs> that would be nice. I think that we kind of touched on this earlier. It was so neat to discover just new things that new, just, just to be surprised by and overwhelmed by, and just really impressed by all these things. It was true for both parks, but because Shanghai is so new and so unique, um, it was, it was just, I, I was going to say once in a lifetime, but I, we do plan to go back as well, but it was just <laughs> such an incredible experience uh, that we, you just don't get to have all the time, especially if you're fortunate enough to to go to Disney parks or to travel other places. It was really just, uh, it was really special to get, as hokey as it may sound, just to be that like, you know, kid and see all the magic firsthand and, and have no specific expectations and still just be blown away by it. Yeah, we were, I, I mean, I was definitely blown away by it. Um, I think this park is what Disney can do when it has a blank canvas and can mm -hmm. just create something from scratch. They, yeah. you know, they just started with a piece of land and they, you know, with the new technology, they were able to blend amazing Disney storytelling with amazing state of the art technology. And this is what resulted. And it's, it was just a joy from start to finish. Yeah, I loved the unique attractions that you could never have in the U.S. And then I also loved how they were able to reimagine attractions that we know and love. And I agree with you, BJ, that being able to see 
what they were able to do with today's technology and a blank canvas makes me so excited for the future of all the Disney parks around the world. Is it me? <laughs> I was sitting here thinking about all the different things <laughs> I can say and it's just, uh, it's almost like the entire trip though. Um, are you going to do a wrap up of what happens on the end or should I just go right there? I just tell me about Shanghai. Uh, okay. <laughs> because it's full of possibilities. I, I very much admire what you guys just said about the fact that they had a blank canvas and they had land and they had ideas. And uh, much to when, when I started working on this trip three years ago, when I said, you know what, I, I know you've got a Disney uh, Adventures by Disney with a lot of China and a little Disney. I want something that's a lot of Disney and a little China. And what was so wonderful, especially about Shanghai, is having that melding of the Chinese culture and Disney and how it all came together. Um, where you know Hong Kong is is obviously still China, but it's it, it was um, part of the British Empire for so long that it is very um, uh, English. And so to see it uh, in, in comparison and contrast to Hong Kong to Shanghai, it was such a welcome invitation to understand Disney as it relates to the uh, the Chinese culture. And I very much appreciated that. <clears throat> you know, if I have to give uh, an overall impression of, of Shanghai, um, the and again, we're, we're, we're guesstimating here, the approximate five billion dollar budget that they had for this park was very well spent. Yes. Mm -hmm. If you take places and for purposes of, of this conversation, we will take Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea out of any equation. Shanghai Disneyland sometime in a, in a way pains me to say this is far and away the best of the best of the Disneyland magic kingdom parks mm -hmm. from yes. the level of detail, the size, the variety of attractions, the breathtaking castle, the, 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 the green spaces that are around um, the way that the lands themselves have been designed and developed um, the, when I when I left Shanghai, and I may have said this to, to one or more of you, I think this park is a masterpiece of Imagineering. Mm -hmm. I think this is is and yeah. I felt I originally felt this way when I saw I, I was I thought Carsland was was the best thing Imagineering had done at the time. <laughs> I think this um, is on a yeah. whole nother level. Um, exactly. and and as look Walt Disney World and Magic Kingdom here will always be my home park. I will always have a nostalgic uh, and love for this park, unlike anything else. But um, there is nothing else that is like the Shanghai Disneyland in terms mm -hmm. of the Disney parks that, that I have seen. Um, I love this park for a lot of reasons. I will most certainly be back again and, and be back with more time um, to spend wandering and enjoying and and eating my way through um <laughs> some of us did go to japan but that is another show for another day um but i in terms of the adventures by disney becky to to sort of wrap up 
this show and this adventure, which was so incredible and memorable. Um, I would like to hear sort of a final, and I know it's hard to wrap up two weeks and so many different experiences into one, but tell me what was for you the most memorable part of the trip or the biggest surprise. Um, we know what the best attraction was, so that's fine. Um, the best thing you ate um, and sort of th- this trip as a whole, uh, Megan, BJ, Lori and gang, Jennifer Kaufman and your majesty will sort of go in that order. Oh gosh, that's a, that's a, that's a tough question. Um, I, I loved meeting the people of China. Um, of, uh, I learned a little bit of Mandarin before going and being able to talk to little kids while waiting in line for attractions. Uh, I, I, I was I found the people to be so generous and warm and kind. Uh, and and I, our guides, Christian and Daisy, were the best. They uh, not only were guided us through this trip, but they became friends along the way. Um, and uh, I just so all the people and 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 all the all of you who we got to meet um is is really the reason you do one of these group trips. and uh, we we hope to see you all again really soon. Yeah, I echo that. It was. The thing that I'll take away was the people on the trip and the people of China. It was so great. I think, you know, I think we've made friends that we are going to see many, many other times because we're likely going to be on either other ABDs together or in the parks at the same time together. But we, I think, made friends on this trip that uh, will continue, which is the same thing that we did on the last ABD, which is just the thing that we'll take away from from this trip as being just one of the best things. Mm-hmm. I think one of the white elephants in the room you're forgetting about is the squatty potties. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> Says the squatty potty queen. Yeah. I'm doing a whole separate show on the bathrooms of Asia. <laughs> yes. Four stars, man. <laughs> you have to bring your own toilet paper and grab it on the way in. <laughs> but to me, that was part of the experiences of the whole trip was, yeah. what is this? How do we use it? Getting talked by Daisy, you know. <laughs> nope, I'm good. Little, right? I mean, like, it was kind of cool to, to figure out how to use it and the whole bit. Some nope. people never did. <laughs> I have never taken so many pictures of toilets in my life. Yes. <laughs> and then had to use Google Translate to figure out how to use them. And whether you're allowed to do things or not in there. <laughs> For me, it was the whole experience. It was the people on the trip. Uh, it was being with like-minded people willing to experience things in a strange culture. So I think we bonded even more because of that. And, so, and some stuff we were totally lost <laughs> and then guided again by our event, our guide through it. Um, and then of course, all the, the crazy rides and attractions and the food was, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, we're, we're, we're in for another one. <laughs> yeah. I was just totally impressed with, China in itself, just how open the people were. It was not what I expected. I would, did not expect people to be so open to us. And I just don't mean cast members. I mean people we ran into on the street, the pedicab driver that we had screaming at the other pedicab driver. <laughs> the, uh, But just everything. Watching the people in the park um, on the way to the temple. Just the different groups and all the different things. The little kids on class trips. 
it was just really all fascinating to me, just the people itself and the history of China. China has always been a fascination of mine. Barbara, I, I, the people, again, the people we're on the trip with and the people of China and just the wonderful experience of uh, a totally different culture and, you know, just being able to go on that trip was just wonderful. Seeing things that, that we've read about, Great Wall China, stuff like that, that, you know, since the seventh grade, you heard about these things and say, I'll never get there. It was, it was made possible that, that we were able to get there. I thought it was great. Um, again, uh, people, uh, people in China, people on the trip, awesome. And, and again, yeah, we're going to see some other people uh, because we're doing another ABD in uh, uh, October. Is that October. I'm, I'm, I'm asking my uh, travel agent here in October. <laughs> we're doing another one. Yes. So I hope to see some of you people there. But um, it has opened our eyes up to uh, ABDs. Uh, I, I think they're fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not much different than those things, but I think for me, you're trying to tie it all together. It was just, I was so surprised all the time. I was not just by the parks and, and not having a map, but by how much you can enjoy group travel, even as, you know, an introvert with the right group and how open the people were and how much I liked China, even though I won't ever turn travel down, but it wasn't the first thing on my list that I wanted to go to. Um, just everything I was surprised by so much and, and always a great support. Well, maybe not always, maybe some of the food, not so much, but usually a great surprise. Um, just, just really how much each different experience meant, how different everything was from one thing to the next and, um, how much we liked ABD and thought that it was, you know, found the value in that. So we were just really, really impressed all the way through. Oh, my turn. Sorry. <laughs> Again, I was thinking this through and I'm going to get in so much trouble for answering this question. And I know I'm never going to hear the end of it. So I'm just going to put that out there right now. Um, it's, it, I, I agree with everything everybody's already said for experiencing the culture and being able to go to these parks and see Disney from a different perspective than, than we're used to. Um, learning the fact that you need to look at the bathroom door to know if it's a squatty potty or a Western toilet. I mean, I've learned new skills along the way, um, but, or to travel in a group because somebody's got toilet paper. I just know it. Um, it's, it's one of those things that ABD does bring people together. Even if you're the a type of person that says, you know what? I don't like to travel with groups until you do one of these. Um, it's the perfect trip for somebody who's solo as well, because you're folded into the group and everybody's experiencing all these things together. Um, and the reason that I said I'm going to get in trouble is because I, I'm going to wrap it up the kind of the same way that we did at the final dinner, which was amazing. Um, we were lucky enough to be able to have that final dinner uh, in Club 33 at Shanghai Disney which was spectacular and the food was amazing and we got a beautiful view of the of the sh the light show but every single time I've done an ABD I always listen because they ask at the very beginning what's the thing you're looking forward to most and I listen to all the answers and then at the end they ask the question again or what did you remember and this time it was a little less formal um they usually go around the room and ask every individual but I had a chance to talk to most people during that dinner. And it never was the same answer. 
what you thought you were going yeah. to enjoy mm-hmm. was not the thing that stuck out in your brain as being the, the biggest takeaway at the end of the trip. And I think that is kind of the signature of, of Adventures by Disney. Um, I'm in my brain, I'm thinking about walking towards the temple of heaven and seeing how another culture lives their everyday life, trying to tie a knot out of little red rope and not being able to accomplish it, but having a great time in the midst of it. Um, and then also being able to share it with all of you or being in that park and watching everybody trying to, to catch the yo-yo. Yeah. <laughs> I have an awesome picture of like 22 people all having yo-yos up in the air, knowing it's going to hit them in the head or them or their neighbor <laughs> in the head when it comes down. But I mean, those are the things, the takeaways, um, the memories, the stories that we'll be telling hopefully on our next one, whenever that's going to be. Or if we're just having a beverage in, in Walt Disney World somewhere, we can relive these stories and these memories that uh, only bringing like-minded people together on a trip like this where we're experiencing things totally out of our comfort zone. And the only way to do it was together and with uh, you know the, the comfort of the Disney brand that we know. So I think that's probably the best way that I can sum it up. How do you sum up the a trip of a lifetime? Um, and I'm, I'm struggling to try and, and put it into words because there were so many different elements of this trip um, beyond what we saw on the Disney side. Um, we experienced destinations and people and cultures and food that we would never have had an opportunity to otherwise. And I probably most certainly would have not ever done had it not been via an adventure by Disney. We talk about it being about people, and it is. And it starts from, not to sound like I'm shamelessly plugging, but the comfort of when you work with somebody like Becky and her team, knowing what um, kind of experience you're going to have, knowing that everything is going to be taken care of, and that is part of doing it as an Adventures by Disney. There's a comfort level that um, you cannot attach a value to. Um, in terms of not just the safety and security, but the type of experience that you were going to have. The one thing about the Disney brand that I think we have all come to experience is that we continue to go and go back and love it the way we do, not because our expectations are met, but because our expectations are exceeded. And that very Mm -hmm. much holds true for this trip. Um, I came in very, very blind but hoping to feel a certain way. And I was overwhelmed um, with what I saw, what I did, and the way that all of us were treated. Uh, Like Becky, oftentimes I am not looking at myself. I'm watching the people who are part of my group to to make sure you're having a good time. I listen, not in a creepy way, I listen to your conversations (laughs) to hear what you are saying and to hear about the time that you're having I'm watching your reactions and I saw and could gauge that all of you enjoyed yourself and that was the greatest joy for me because mm-hmm. that is why we do it right and and I almost couldn't imagine doing this not just as an adventures by Disney but not doing it with a group of friends and I have I say every week and I, it's not just a line that we are friends, whether we have met yet or not. And, and trips like this evidence that fact. You might not have all known each other 
but I watched how we all got along. I watched the dynamic between people. And then when I see not just Lori and her friends that she has met through this community continuing on their adventures, but all of you said, yeah, I'm going to keep in touch with so-and-so. I look forward to seeing them again, or I want to do another Adventures by Disney. That's a huge testament to not just the community, but the, the ABD mm-hmm. brand as a whole. Um, I love this trip. I absolutely love this trip. I'm still trying to process um, not just all the photographs and, and all the, <laughs> the stuff that I brought home, but just trying to process the experience as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if I was to ask for a show of hands, um, if you would go back, if you would do this time <laughs> kind of trip again, I'm assuming I see Megan BJ's hands are going <laughs> are already going up. And I'm, even those of you that I can't see, um, I'm sure the response is the same. Uh, <laughs> I can tell you, Becky, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you, we oh, are geez. going What's to coming? do. Well, listen, and and this is not necessarily a surprise to you. Okay, um, good. This was a to a certain degree a bit of a reconnaissance mission because I had never experienced this before. We will do another trip, and um, some of us did actually go, and we'll cover this on a separate show. We did extend a little bit to go to Japan for a couple of days, and I've already told Becky that. Uh, an upcoming Adventures by Disney that I want to do will take us to Shanghai and will take us to Japan. Mm-hmm. And when I say Japan, I mean we will see Tokyo, we will see Kyoto and Osaka and places around in Japan and then end in Tokyo Disney Sea. And uh, I will save my comments and my review uh, of Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea for another day and another show. Um, but I have to thank all of you individually and collectively. Um, I felt like I was on vacation with my family. Um, that's how you made me feel when we got together for a meal, when we shared a breakfast, when we laughed over our dumplings, or when we just looked at each other agape after coming off a new attraction or experience. So I'm grateful to you and for you for... Um, trusting me and trusting Becky to do this trip with us and for making this um, an experience that I will never forget. Um, Meg and BJ and Lori and Angelo and Paul and Barry and, and Jennifer and Becky and all, and I'm sure I forgot somebody in there along the way um, and everybody who was part of the ABD and all of you who are listening. Um, thank you for sharing and recapping um, this experience with us. And um, the only thing... The only regret that I have from this trip is that there's no dumpling buffet when I got home. (laughs) (laughs) You have to go find one. Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) What was the best dumpling you had? What was the best dumpling? Oh, my gosh. It's like picking a favorite child. I'm like, you know you have. I know. I've got to ask the question. That walnut bun at the Rosewood. At the Rosewood is really good. Oh, no. The custard one at Shanghai. Yes, that was good. Oh, but you know, wait. that It wasn't necessarily a bun. Remember the um, Mega B, that that Shanghainese pork cake that we had right before we did? Yeah. That was really good. That's the one I was going to say. That was really good. That was really, really good. Was it shaped like a cute little animal that you didn't want to eat? No, it was round and it had Mickey on it. It it had a Mickey stamp on it. It All right. Well, I guess that's as good. But the one, the little piggy with his eyes looking at you and he's like, you're too cute to eat. Oh, you no. Eat he, was not, he was delicious. Come oh, on. It's everything awesome. Was so good. Everything was so good. We have to go Stab back. Stab it Kate. with it. 
We have to go Step back. We have to go back. We have to go back. All right, we I'm already starting to work. I'm gonna. I'll start working. Stay tuned we'll for the, the announcement one. coming see, soon. The last one took three years to put together. Let's see how long this one takes. It's gonna take less. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. I have a all date right, in mind. All right. We'll talk. You have a date. Yeah, I do. All right. I'll I'm tell gonna everyone. need to start getting to work faster than I anticipated. Hey, by the way. Props, 17 days, and we didn't kill each other. Right? Go figure. Just, you know, I know. <laughs> Go I even had a, a sword up to your neck at one point. <laughs> that's true. On I, the Great I, Wall I of China. That. That's right. You saw I Becky. Know. That's right. There's a and, photo and, of I, Becky having a sword on my throat. So. And I didn't take the opportunity, so I guess everything <laughs> went all right. So, yeah, okay, I'm up for another one. You were t- All right. Quick question. Go around the horn. Megan, BJ, Oliveri clan, Becky, Jennifer, if you could go back to any one location for one hour and do one thing, what would it be? Go, quick, rapid fire. Jeez. Uh, Shanghai and Pirates. Yeah, Shanghai and Pirates. Just keep riding it over and over. Yeah, yeah. Shanghai and Pirates. Shanghai and Pirates. Beijing and the Great Wall. Great, yeah, yeah. That, that was mine as well. Walk farther than the Great Wall. Oh, no, I got to <laughs> include that too. I would go Shanghai Buffet. Uh, <laughs> there you go. I'll go Club 33 Adult Beverage Pirates. <laughs> just drop the mic. Why should that shock any of us? <laughs> I knew that that was going to get me in trouble earlier when I actually mentioned it. You were actually nice about it last time. That's right. Pirates. But, oh, Adult Beverage Pirates. Tron Adult no, Beverage no, Pirates. You've got one. Done. There you go. <laughs> 20 minutes. I think I would just go to one of the Japanese toilets and start hitting all the buttons I was afraid to hit. <laughs> Wrong I can't get over the difference between China and Japan when you're posting stuff like that. <laughs> very different. Very, very different. I got pictures of the squatty potties if you need them. <laughs> I wanted with to hit directions. the Remember, one of the toilets had a button with a music symbol on it, and I was afraid to hit it. I didn't want it to start, like, <laughs> becoming, you know. It's karaoke. Soul Train. It's karaoke. It's karaoke toilets brought to you by. <laughs> hey, but the acoustics are really good in those bathrooms. It's time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details, sometimes in what you see, sometimes in what you hear, maybe even what you taste. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, since I had just come back from China, I wanted to stay in China, and I talked about how the pavilion and the Temple of Heaven, that half-scale replica of the original, once served as a backdrop for a very popular music video back in the late 1990s. I gave you a few hints that you may or may not have needed because hundreds of you entered, got this one correct, and knew that it once served as a backdrop for the song Reflection, which was in the original film and then actually redone by a somewhat kind of unknown artist by the name of Christina Aguilera. So I took all the correct entries, and again, you were playing for my 102 Ways to Save Money for an Walt Disney World book, 
all seven of my virtual audio walking tours of the park, which you can still purchase on sale for just $10 each on the WW Radio shop. Celebrating our 10 year anniversaries. That's why it's $10. A WDW Radio Magic Band cover, some stickers, a pop socket, and a special prize that I brought back just for the contest from China. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is Lara Pastor. So, Lara, congratulations. You entered via the online forum, so I have your shipping information. I will get your prize package out to you right away. But if you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So I'm going to stay in China again because we're talking about it again this week. I still miss my dumplings for breakfast. And as you know, the China Pavilion in Epcot Center is meant to represent a lot of different aspects of the Chinese culture, history, the regions, and of course the food. And you enter the pavilion by walking beneath or through or around the Zhao Yanmen, which means Gate of the Golden Sun, which is a replica of a gate which is found at the Summer Palace located just north of Beijing. We actually talked about the Summer Palace and the Forbidden City on last week's show. I cannot convey the enormity, the immensity, the the size and the scope of this, but I digress. But after you enter the pavilion, you start to, you pass by that little lotus pool that's surrounded by a very traditional Chinese garden. And as you continue to walk down that main pathway, you might not realize that that was actually inspired by a lot of the roadways that you'll find in Beijing. In fact, the Imagineers intentionally made this path even narrow than what we would normally expect because they wanted to have guests sort of get that same feeling of what the crowded streets and pathways of modern China would be. So your question this week is simply to tell me, what is that street, what is that pathway that you walked through in the China Pavilion to get you to the back of the pavilion in the shopping area? What is that street or pathway known as? It has an actual name. You have until Sunday, October 29th, to, to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the online form there. Again, you're going to play for the book, all seven audio tours, a Magic Band cover, stickers. I'll send you one of the new WDW Radio pop sockets and the holder for it. And I'll also give you another mystery prize that I bought and brought back from China just for you. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you again so much for taking the time out of your day and your week to spend and share with me as we recap again our adventures by Disney um, to try and articulate what this experience was like and convey it to you via the show. Um, We'll certainly not do it justice again. Be sure and go to the WW Radio page over on Facebook to see photos, videos, some 360 photos as well. And again, I have to give huge thanks to Becky Mankin and her entire team over at Mouse Fan Travel uh, for helping to put this together to organize it. You know, again, we talk about a trip like this of this magnitude where feeling secure and having trust and confidence is so important, not just in, in Ventures by Disney, but in the travel provider that's going to book it for you and make sure everything goes just as smoothly as you need it to and then exceed those expectations That's why I love them. That's why I use them. That's why Becky and I have been partners for coming on 10 years. Whether you're going to Adventures by Disney or even just any of the parks or Cruise Line or want to find out more about where some of the other Adventures by Disney's might go and come with us because we're going on more in the future. Stay tuned. Uh, You can visit 
them over at mousefantravel.com. Uh, I also want to say thanks to all of you who are current and new members of the WW Radio Nation and family. Thanks to all of you who've come to join the family recently, including Rob Hablinski, Dave Cobiello, Kim Simpkins, my friend Allison Miller, Steve Wright, Christine Leo, John Fulton, and so many more of you. I sincerely appreciate the love and the support that you give to me and the show. And if you want to find out more about how you can be part of the nation and get monthly rewards, I do scavenger hunts every month. We have a private Facebook group. You'll get a personalized Magic Band cover, lots of different logo gear and backpacks and T-shirts, monthly care packages from Walt Disney World. We also do exclusive live video group calls every single month and lots more. You can find out more by visiting www.radionation.com. Also, don't forget that while it's completely optional, a portion of the proceeds of your contributions do go to our Dream Team Project to help benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. That is uh, sort of a great way to say, I want to say thank you again to all of you who have supported the Dream Team over the past 10, 12 years. I just got back this week from presenting to Make-A-Wish at their annual conference out in Phoenix. And I was there for and on behalf of and thanks to you. And I wanted to, and I did share your stories about how the team came together, the auctions, the running team, all the amazing work that you've done to positively influence those children and those families that need some of that Disney magic more than ever. To find out more, you can visit dreamteamproject.org. And if you want to be part of the running team, I don't care if you walk, run, walk, jog, this is your 100th marathon or you've never gotten off the couch before, we want and welcome every single person, even if you want to join me on the sidelines, just to cheer the marathon weekends and wine and done weekends coming up are incredibly fun and are really uh, a testament to the community that you guys have built. Again, you can visit WDW Run to find out more. In addition to the podcast, please go and check out the blog over at www.radio.com. We have an amazing team of blog writers. Sign up for our free email newsletter and please join me every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WDW Radio Live. I do a live video broadcast, more importantly, an interactive chat with you. You can call into the show, ask questions, play games, win prizes, and I often broadcast from the parks as well. Like the WW Radio page over on Facebook. Be sure and turn on notifications and join us every Wednesday as well as other times from the parks as well. Also, if you have a question you want me to answer on the show, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com. Better yet, I'd love to hear from you. Call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. Better yet, in addition to connecting with you on social, and I'm at Lou Mangiello everywhere else on Twitter and Facebook and Pinterest. I'd love to meet you and thank you in person. That's why I do Meet of the Month every month in Walt Disney World. Uh, stay tuned for information about our next Meet of the Month. It'll most likely be Saturday, November 4th or Sunday, November 5th. That's Wine and Dine Marathon Weekend. I'll have details this week on the Facebook page and on Twitter. And if you're going to be at the Swan and Dolphin this coming Saturday night, I will be there for my favorite event of the year, which is the Swan and Dolphin Food and Wine Classic. This is its eighth year in a row. It is a beautiful, wonderful evening. You can find out more by visiting Swan and Dolphin Food and Wine Classic. Again, I'll be there on Saturday night. So if you're there, please, I'll probably be in line for food, but come over and say hi. Uh, also, I do other meetups and events on the road we have our cruise to Alaska coming up next year. And just an FYI, we still have just a couple of cabins left still at day one pricing. If you know the way Disney Cruise Line operates, as the ship begins to fill, the price goes up. 
we secured and locked in and still have a couple of cabins left at day one pricing. It's June 18th through the 25th. Kids are out of school. Graduation parties are over. It is a perfect time and place and way to celebrate. Alaska is my favorite itinerary by far. You can visit the events page or just go to www.radio.com slash Alaska 18. Get a free, no obligation quote. Um, As I do travel to speak again, I've been on the road a lot this past, past month. I do try and do meetups on the road as well. But if I can come to maybe speak to your conference, to your business, to your or your child's school, please visit lumangelo.com. Would love to be able to work with you. And if I can help you turn your passion into your profession, either with some personal one-on-one mentoring or some small group coaching. I have a new mastermind group that's just about to form in the next couple of weeks. I also want to thank everybody that came out to Momentum 17 just a couple of weeks ago. Um, This two-day weekend workshop on the two mastermind days were just amazing, and you are an incredible group of people. It was so good, and I feel so honored to be a small part um, of your journey to turn what you love into what you do. Again, if I can help you in any way, visit lumangelo.com. Again, thanks to Becky Mankin and Mouse Fan Travel. Visit Celebrations Press to subscribe to Celebrations Magazine. And if you like the show, and I hope you do, all I ask is one thing. Please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Share this or your favorite episode on Facebook or on Twitter with your friends. And if you can, take just 30 seconds to rate and review the show over on iTunes. Thanks to you, we have more than uh, 1,300 five-star reviews. Really need for you to keep them coming. I want to thank some recent reviewers like CPope85, who says it's great insights, so entertaining. The top 10 episodes are fantastic, and all the episodes are well-produced. Haptown says it's informative, entertaining, and an inspiring show. Loose Podcast has been a valuable tool for my family when planning our vacations to Walt Disney World. The shows are packed full of helpful information, and Lou's super positive attitude is inspiring. Thank you. My favorite shows are those that feature some obscure bits of Disney history, great podcast, and Rosalie P. says, Thank you, Lou. WWE was the perfect way to escape to Walt Disney World every week. I started listening to the podcast back in 2012. And I've enjoyed every episode I've heard, even the first one, Lou. My fiance and I met Lou last year in Magic Kingdom during his live feed from the park. He's just as kind and energetic in person as he is on the podcast. Thank you. He's also taller than me. Thank you for saying that, too. Thank you for the reviews. You've had some amazing trips based on your dining reviews and all over tips. We're heading back down to Disney World in April with my in-laws. First trip ever. I hope to run into you again, maybe at the wine bar in Epcot. I hope so as well. If that's an invite, let me know. See you real soon. Rosalie Haptown, Pope 85 all those of you who left the review, thank you guys so very much. To find out how to do it or a direct link to iTunes, just visit wdwradio.com slash iTunes. Uh, again, thank you all so much uh, for being part of not just this recap of the Adventures by Disney, but for being part of this show. And whether we've met yet or not, or whether you've called in or emailed, or if you just listen, I appreciate you so very much, not just for allowing me to share my passion for Disney with you, but for this feeling that I get that hopefully I and, and really this show and the people that, that join me uh, are having a positive influence on you every week. And if it makes you smile, if it get, if it gives you a little bit of escapism to Disney every week, then, then my work here is done. And that is the most rewarding part. And I hope that you do what you love every single day 
And if there's some way that I can help you get there, please let me know. I hope that this is your best week ever. So until next time, see ya. Hey, Lou, it's Amanda Riles. I'm in Tallahassee, Florida, um, although soon to be Orlando, Florida. Um, I just wanted to say a really big thank you to you um, because, because of all you said and all of the encouragement you have given over the years. Um, I took a leap and applied to the Disney College program and got accepted. So I start in late January. And for the first time in my life, I'm having a moment where I am seeing the future that I want unfolding before me. My dream is to get into the Disney archives and work there. Um, And this is one foot in the door. So I wanted to say thank you because without all of all of your encouragement that you constantly give everyone, I wouldn't have even thought to actually apply and get in. Um, I honestly didn't think I would get it. So uh, thank you for all of that. Um, thanks for everything you do. Have a good day. Hi, Bye. this is Chase Marson from Flowertown, PA, and I just listened to four two uh, thing about things lit up at night and I my favorite thing lit up at at night is Expedition Everest and this is Christine Morrison from Flowertown PA and my favorite thing that I remember seeing lit up at night is a seasonal um, thing and it is Big Thunder Mountain during Mickey Not So Scary Halloween party has a skull projected onto it, which transforms the whole mountain into this eerie, exciting thing to look at. This was back in 2012, so hopefully it still exists. I haven't been to the party since. Um, Also, and this is cheating because this didn't exist back in October 2015 when you did this show, but Pandora at night, oh my goodness. I walked it, walked over that bridge slowly, took it all in, walked in, looked at everything. You know, I made a point of going during the day and then going at night and seeing how it was different. And oh my goodness, at night, those floating mountains lit up, all the different shades of purple. And my kids actually pointed out and took a picture. One of them looks like Groot all lit up at night, um, which was pretty awesome. We were in the queue line for Flight of Passage and looked out one of the little cave windows, and they go, Mom, 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 look at that. Look at it lit up. Who does that look like? And I said, who? And they go, Groot. It looks like Groot. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it does. So we took a picture. Um, That was pretty cool. So even Guardians of the Galaxy appears in Pandora. So and now I've got my 10-year-old son listening to the shows with me. Um, have a great, great week. I've been looking at all your pictures from from um, China, and it looks like you're having a wonderful time on your adventures by Disney, and I'm very, very jealous. I would love to go see Mystic Manor. That looks so awesome. Um, thanks again, Lou, and I uh, can't wait to get back on in the box. Bye. Lou Mandela. Lou Mandela.
Hi, Lou. This is Allison Barrett from Generette, Louisiana, calling to tell you my favorite Disney parade. Uh, it's the Festival of Fantasy Parade, but more specifically, uh, the time in 2015 that uh, my family and I, my husband, we announced that we were having a baby uh, in the Magic Kingdom that year and my whole family was there unfortunately my sister and her husband weren't able to go but my two brothers my mom and dad were there and we were waiting on um main street my husband had to go to the restroom and this man came up to us and was asking us about our family and where we were from and all that and he asked us if we would like to be the grand marshals of the festival fantasy parade and we were just flipping out because we never in a million years thought we would ever get picked to be the grand marshals. So we were so excited. He kind of, he, we had to tell him that there was an extra person, my husband, who wasn't with us at the time. So he was like, okay, well, we can make that work. So we kind of had to squish in the car a little bit, but it was definitely a memory that we will never forget. Again, we were sad that my sister and her husband weren't able to join us, but, and she was, of course, she was a little jealous, but it was amazing. Uh, our cheeks were hurting from smiling after the, uh, the parade was over. Our hands were hurting from waving so much, but it was definitely worth it. And it'll just be one of my favorite Disney memories and definitely my favorite Disney parade. Uh, love the show. Me and my dad listen to you every week and hope to meet you one day and keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, Lou. Bye. Hello, Lou Mangiello, WGW Radio Group, WGW Radio Box People, WGW Radio Cruisers. This is Darlene Nagy. And there's also WGW Radio Momentum Goers this weekend. I hope you guys are all having a wonderful time. I hope one day I can attend a Momentum event that Lou is having and hosting. It's going to be so much fun for you guys. I have 218 days until my birthday trip in May to the world, and then 350 days until our next group vacation to Walt Disney World with the Sternbergs. We are going down, and we're going to be staying a little bit differently. So look forward to that. 350 days. It's going to fly because it's under a year. I will talk to you guys soon. Have a wonderful, magical weekend. Fun at that momentum. It's beautiful in Buffalo, West Seneca, New York. It's 73 degrees out right now. Have a great day. Love you. Stay positive. You've got a friend.